0: Welcome to Learning Unboxed Special Edition. This is your host, Annalise Corbin of the PASS Foundation. The Learning Unboxed Special Edition is a set of quick podcasts that address an urgent or specific need within our community. And today we are tackling working collaboratively in virtual school environments with PASS Foundation's very own Mary Schneider. Mary is the PASS Teaching and Learning Coach as part of our school design team. And she gets asked about strategies for collaborative teaching all the dang time. So uh, very timely conversations we're having. Welcome, Mary. Hi, nice to be here. So let's start with very quickly, what does it look like to work collaboratively in virtual school environments? How is that different than working collaboratively just every day?
1: Well, it's it, it's crazy different, but it's, it's still kind of the same. So when you think about working collaboratively in a classroom, you get to see the students. You get to see how they interact with each other. You get to visually be a part of what it is that they are doing collaboratively. When you're in a virtual classroom, oftentimes the collaboration is being done outside of the teacher's eyes. It's being done via email or social media, or it's being done um, through the phone. It's being done with people who are across the fence, or it's being done with the neighbor down the street. It's not being done in terms of just simply being in the classroom with the teacher. It's a very different environment because the teacher doesn't have as much control over it.
0: But that doesn't mean that it's not happening or, quite frankly, that it's not just as robust or maybe even better, correct?
1: Absolutely. In fact, it's sometimes even more robust because the teachers are not being the eyes in the sky on the students. The, the students have to figure out how to collaborate on their own. They have to figure out how they're going to collaborate. They have to figure out who they're going to collaborate with. They're going to have to figure out the means that they're going to collaborate, and they're going to have to come up with a way to get that done without somebody telling them or somebody guiding them to getting that done. It really gives them the independence to collaborate in their own way, and and that's where learning really starts to take place, is when the students can really forge their own path to their understanding.
0: Absolutely. And the same can be true when we're talking about teachers or administrators trying now to work collaboratively. So before we we move on and get into the nuts and bolts of of sort of the the learners in the classroom, let's talk about the planners in the school, right? Because you also get this question all the time too. And I know over the last few days, especially amid what's going on across the country and around the world, uh, that you have teachers reaching out to you saying, I don't know how to do this. How do we really manage um, our our professional learning communities? And how do we do this effectively as the adults trying to be collaborative? So what, what do you say to those folks asking those questions, Mary?
1: It really means that we as teachers, we as the adults really need to look to our students to see what it is that our students are doing. And then we need to mimic that. Our students get together all of the time while they're social distanced, and they do it on purpose. They they don't go out necessarily and meet up in the parking lot and talk to each other or have a bonfire. And, and regardless of whether we think that's good or bad, that's not the point. Our students have figured out how to be socially distant and still have a social learning community, have a social um, able to get together community. They're, they're friends. They, they play games together. They talk to each other. They text to each other. They already know how to do this. So we as teachers really need to look to what those students are doing. We need to do the same thing. We need to hook up virtually, like, like what you are having past do. We're going to have coffee together every day at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's going to be over Zoom. It's going to be very different than what we're used to doing in the office. We're not going to be sitting on the couch and two feet away from each other and able to see The whole body, but we really are still going to be together and and we're going to take that opportunity to use those tools that our students are so good at using and and we're going to continue to do that. And, And you have to, if you're an educator, you are never alone in the classroom. You always have your students there. And as educators, we go out into the hallway and we talk to other educators or this student isn't getting this. What can I do? Are you having an issue with this? Are we supposed to let them go for lunch early? I mean, we're constantly talking to the other adults in our building. If we let that go because we are in a different situation, then we're, we're losing that element of that personal learning community that is so vital to maintaining our sanity as an educator. You still need to get them together. You you need to find a space, Um, use Zoom, use Facebook Live, um, text each other, start using Instagram, learn how to use Snapchat, do whatever you need to do but continue that particular thing. Gossip a little, complain a little, celebrate a ton. What's working, what's not working? We're all in the same situation, we're all in the same boat. Let's use that space. And continue those personal learning communities. We're all going to get back together eventually. Let's not let that great big gap continue to widen because we're we're not together in the same building for a little while. After all, school is just a building. School is more than the building. It's the educators, it's the students. And that can be that gap can be shortened using those tools that are virtual.
0: And it's it's school is as much about the relationships as it mm-hmm. is about what you learn, right? And as Amen. instructors, as teachers, as administrators, um, we we are we are mentors as much as we are facilitators of learning, right? And so um, I love I love the way that you you put that. The reality of it is, um, although it's stressful in the moment um, for lots of schools and for lots of adults, and to and fairness uh, to kids, too. You know, they're used to going to school every day and now suddenly they can't. Um, But they are adjusting, right? And some schools have been doing this in modified form um, here and there for a while, taking the place of snow days, things like that. And others, this is is an entirely new endeavor, but I believe that on the flip side, that if we take a moment not to be afraid of what's been handed to us, right? Mm -hmm. And instead that we accept it as an offering, that we will actually be better educators better collaborators better communicators and better mentors as a result of all of this that's just my gut feeling
1: absolutely i i can't i can't disagree with anything that you said there and you have to maintain those relationships i i would suggest to everybody don't expect too much out of any single person doing this you mm-hmm. just get together for 10 minutes it doesn't have to be a half hour you don't have to go anywhere you just Hook up, say hi, how you doing? Find out how the other person is doing. They're going to find out how you're doing, and and that continues that relationship, and it'll make it grow stronger in the end. So, as
0: schools sort of get in the groove of this, right? Um, and the likelihood is we're going to be able to, we are going to be able. <laughs> to do this probably. Um, uh, certainly um, for for our friends here in Ohio, um, you know, other parts of the world are in slightly different places in this massive um endeavor that's happening to our planet right now, if you will. Um, and so the reality for us in the States is um not unlikely that we'll be doing this through the rest of our academic year for the places that have not just Called off school entirely, um, and so one of the questions I also know that um, our school design team wrestles with as because we have schools calling in, emailing us right now. How do we do this? Could you help us? And the answer is yes, we can help you. Uh, just reach out to us. We've got lots and lots of resources that we can make available. Um, but the the other side of that is I know one of the questions that you frequently get is how. How do I assess learners in this type of environment that is not simply an online test or traditional assessment? We all know those, those things are capable. All great teachers can use those tools. Not a big deal. I want to talk about truly the notion of thinking about assessment differently because at past, we believe this to the very grains of our being. So Mary, talk to us a little bit about the variety of ways that we could creatively assess in a virtual environment.
1: Yeah, so it really comes down to um, altering the what we are having them do. If we're going to expect to simply transfer what a traditional classroom looks like to a virtual setting, then you're going to expect to do those simple quizzes at the end those tests at the end those kinds of things and they're all they're all fabulous they all have their their purpose in life but you don't get to see what the students are doing in the course of doing that and so you really need to change what they are doing on their own because you cannot be the purveyor of all information in this situation the students are going to have to be independent in what they're doing and that assessment is also going to have to become independent to some degree as well. Um, if you're going to give them a worksheet and expect collaboration, it's not going to happen. They Why, might collab- why,
0: why would I give you a worksheet? Okay, I, A, you know I was going to ask that question and B, why would I even try that in a virtual environment?
1: Um, the, the simple answer there is that it's easy. A lot of teachers are gonna look for the easy in what's going on here. But the back end of that is that those students are struggling without you. They're not gonna be able to run down the hall and ask you a question. They're gonna have to be independent. They may not get an answer from an email in the timely answer, in the timely way that they would if you were in the classroom together. And so when you give them the things to do, the assessment that you are taking from them is how they get it done. How are they growing from where they started to where they end? Keep those simple quiz assessments as a pretest test and a post-test. That'll really give you that growth pattern. But how they get from the beginning to the end really should be a lot more independent. Um, for example, if you were going to teach, um, you, well, one of our colleagues, right? She's wanting to build a chicken coop, and so she's having her son do all of the math and the design behind that. Now, he's nine, and he's going to be working in geometric figures. He's going to be working in algebraic equations. He has to go beyond simply answering a question on a worksheet to actually applying that. Now, you give a pretest at the beginning, what's he know? You have him work on this process in working with this material, and then you give him a post-test at the end. If he can then answer those questions, that's the assessment that you really want to go with. And, and that's it's not, that's, it's, that's the
0: it's, one that's the one we want anyway, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's all standards
0: it's, driven. It doesn't take away from anything exactly. that the teacher has to do in the classroom. It's really, really about true growth in a problem and project based environment that has the awesome opportunity Mm -hmm. for kids of multiple learning styles and categories to flourish. We actually have this, this, I mean, I, I see what's going on right now from the teaching and learning side, not the pandemic <laughs> side, right? But truly from, from, from the working and, and how we can learn, I, I think we're gonna see massive amounts of growth. Mary, one of the other questions I know that folks are gonna ask, and, and I, I see people wrestle with this, I'm watching it on that sort of teacher Twitter feeds uh, mm-hmm. right now is, you know, so my kids are gonna have to go off and they're gonna have to work independently or have to work collaboratively, or even if I'm giving them an online test, how do I know they're not cheating? And I I would like to add to that my question back, which I have not, you'd be proud of me. I've refrained from retweeting. Why do you care? That's not what we should be assessing, right? So what is the true answer to that, right? I'm being a a bit coy. I, I mean what I say in that, however, I can't deny it's a valid question and one that schools need to be very clear about, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody would have that concern. So mm-hmm. what's the response to that, Mary? And let's use that as our wrap about awesome. collaboratively.
1: So, so here's the reality. If you're giving students work to do where they can find an absolute answer simply by typing it into Google, they're going to do that. It, it's the world we are living in. If you are giving them work that requires thought, that requires an approach, that requires collaboration, that requires something other than typing into Google to find the answer, you're going to get a truer assessment of what that student is doing than if it's just a worksheet and fill in the answers. And, and it has to happen. It's scary. It, it is. It's a scary world right now for the teachers, especially if they're not used to working in this world. It's why teachers cannot mandate how the students are necessarily going to get it done, but have to allow them the freedom and be the facilitator to help them get something done rather than just doing fill in A, choose two answers, what's this equation answer? They have to give them something that isn't Googleable. Use Google <laughs> to help it's them find th- th- what they need to do. But it has to be about the process to the learning, not just the outcome of a worksheet.
0: And there you have it, folks. (laughs) Google-able. I can't even say that, Mary. It's such a bad word. And I would like our guests to know that Mary is, in fact, uh, an English language arts teacher crafting her own words uh, Uh, for us all. (laughs) If Shakespeare
1: can do it, the rest of us can, too.
0: That's right. Thank you, Mary, very much. And to all of you that are out there struggling, uh, we will post Mary's email address along with this um, podcast. If you have more questions, there's a webinar uh, coming up this week. Um, Go to the pastfoundation.org website. We've got a lot of webinars that we're offering to schools with these very same questions. And you can actually pop up on those webinars and ask the school design team these questions live if you need to. Um, If after listening to this, you have more questions. So uh, stay tuned, uh, Pass Foundation is here with you. Thank you very much.